This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically-minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Headline. Wounded bird finally flies nest, becomes Zen teacher. That may not play so hilariously this morning, but on the cushion last night, after four days of Sashin high and not sleeping very well and other things, I thought that was downright hilarious. <laughs> um, I thought, I, I just cracked myself up and I thought, well, I can lead with that. It'll break the ice and it'll kind of give the idea of what I'm trying to say in case it doesn't come across. <clears throat> Some of you may not know that for three days before the ceremony yesterday, Karen and Mark and I did bows in honor of the teachers in our lineage three times a day in three different places, we bowed. And on the first day, we came into the main zendo here, and this was before Bodhidharma had his scroll injury, and um, we bowed, and I realized I was bowing in front of a statue of Buddha, an image of Bodhidharma, a photograph of Charlotte Joko Beck. All lovingly, artistically arranged by our teacher, Barry Magid. And I lost it. I started crying at the meaning of all of this. And I really haven't stopped. On the other hand, I've also been looking at this in a lighter way because ever since Barry asked me to receive Denkai and become a preliminary teacher, I've been thinking, this reminds me of a ceremony from my childhood in 1956 when I was eight years old and I was a brownie scout. I had the little brown dress and the little beanie and it was time to become a Girl Scout. And in order to bridge from brownies to Girl Scouts, you had to go through what they called a flying up ceremony. All the brownies stood in a circle and we looked down into a pond at our reflection. Well, this was indoors, so it wasn't really a pond. It was a hula hoop covered in aluminum foil. <laughs> We looked down at our reflection and we knew that we were ready as young girls to assume new adventures and responsibilities. So I thought, well, this is the perfect analogy. I am flying up to Denkai, or we might say flying on to Denkai to avoid any images of hierarchy. 
I'm taking on new responsibilities and adventures. When I said to Barry, what should I say in this talk, he said, well, talk about what Denkai means to you. And then I heard him answer the same question from Mark, and he said, talk about what your teaching is going to look like. So this is going to be a little bit of, of both of, of those things. What uh, receiving Denkai means to me is definitely leaving my comfort zone. When Barry first mentioned this to me, I resisted it. I did not want to step up. I did not want to assume any kind of authority or leadership. I was just fine, thank you, in my little nest at the Zendo, standing by the door buzzer, pressing the buzzer, letting people in, chatting with people, laughing, listening, doing things for Barry, doing things for the Sangha, living my life. He said, no, it's time for you to go from kid sister to big sister. Which is kind of ironic because I'm older than Barry, but that, that, that really <laughs> nothing to do with it. <clears throat> so I, I knew that it was time to step up, but it meant pushing my envelope and leaving my comfort zone facing insecurities, taking risks, and flying from the nest. And I think one of the things that um, is so uncomfortable about stepping up to this is this whole idea of teacher identity, which Barry talked about in the gazebo the other day. I certainly do not resemble any Zen teacher I have ever met or read about or whose writings I've read. I'm not the, uh, the academic philosopher, I'm not the brilliant writer or the decades-long Zen student steeped in tradition. I'm certainly not the koan buster. And it reminds me of a, a story about an old rabbi <clears throat> who uh, died and went to sit in front of God in judgment. And while he was standing there in line, he was thinking, getting nervous, you know, looking back over his life, what have I done, what have I not done? He's thinking, why wasn't I Moses? Why wasn't I David? Why wasn't I Solomon? So finally he gets up to the front of the line, he faces God, and God simply says, why won't you Zuzia? So, of course, I need to be Claire. So what does Claire in a leadership role look like? One day I was talking about this Denkai thing to Barry, and I said, okay, Barry, let's face it. We all know I get an F in koan class. What does this mean? How important is this? in stepping up to be a Zen teacher. He said, not an F, a C minus. <laughs> but then he said, <clears throat> Zen is about how our practice translates into our behavior. What you offer is sufficient. 
what you offer is sufficient. Not only was he saying he had faith in me to take this step, but he was saying what you offer is sufficient. You are total and complete as you are, as are we all. So, if I'm going to be Claire, I guess I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I'll still stand by the door buzzer, invite people in, greet new students, chat, listen, share. I'll uh, keep the center clean, and I'll live my everyday life, hang out with Ed, go kayaking, sing in my music group, work as an actor once in a while. (laughs) But Barry has given me a couple of new responsibilities. One is training the new Jikidos. Now, training the not training, but being a Jikido is hard. (laughs) Um, The Jikidos facilitate the form and ritual in the Zendo. And of course, this is under a lot of discussion these days as Zen adapts to American culture. But form and ritual do several things. They provide a structure in which we can carry the Zen tradition forward to new generations. They also make it possible for us to have a silent sitting as a community that also has an element of reverence and gratitude for life as it is. But what I've discovered since I've been teaching the Jikidos, what I've been doing for several years, <clears throat> what I've discovered is what a practice this is in paying attention. In ordinary mind, at ordinary mind, the Jikidos do just about everything. In some monasteries, I think, these duties are divided. Is that right? <clears throat> the Jikido is uh, responsible for all the bells and whistles and movements and people and behind the scenes work too. So there is attention being paid all the time to the simultaneous bow before the altar with Barry, to placing the incense in the ash straight up and in the center of the ash, to trying to ring three consistent gongs on the bowl chime. Uh, Also, uh, modulating your voice when you are leading chants. And uh, and also, uh, being aware of new students and if they might need some some help, a verbal cue. Uh, And at Ordinary Mind, it also means knowing people so that you know if people have um, a handicap or an illness uh, or, or a special need of some kind. So it is a huge practice in paying attention and this is a practice which ideally we take from the Zendo out into our everyday lives, into our relationships with others. Um, you haven't seen everything Mark's been doing this 
you've seen a lot of it but he does he's been doing a lot behind the scenes it really is Sashin is like extreme jikido it's just uh, and and Lucas had to step up and join the major leagues with little or no advance warning it's really it's really great what you're doing <clears throat> another thing that Barry asked me to do was teach a class in the precepts actually the way he put it was you are suited to teach the precepts by which I think he meant you have the most experience in breaking the precepts so you should teach them see previous Jukai talk for details <coughs> so this uh, group of Jikidos who are going to receive Jukai Anne and Lucas and uh, Alki and John Heider the five of us get together once a month we read about one of the precepts then we disperse for a month we observe ourselves in regard to this one precept then we come back and share our personal observations and we share our moments when we've behaved reactively we haven't really behaved consciously and we try to dig a little deeper and uh, look at intentions and motivations for our behavior and um, well there's a lot of personal sharing and uh, that too has been a, an exercise in attention in paying attention to our thoughts and this of course outside the zendo in our relationships with others there's one more thing I'll be doing in the next few weeks uh, I will be starting a 10-month training program with the New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care we'll be doing reading and writing and uh, training and also I'll be working at Beth Israel Hospital once a week uh, giving spiritual and emotional support to seriously ill patients I'm looking forward to this but I do have insecurities about this kind of work and uh, resistance and it's going to be a challenge all of these are going to be challenges for me and so I know from my practice that I just need to invite these anxieties and doubts and resistances and fears all to the table just like before I gave this talk my chest was pounding my rock suit was going like this I thought oh everybody can see that <laughs> I thought no just that's the way it is you just that's just invite it to the table so I'm going to put all these feelings in my backpack and go forward <clears throat> I was even um, you know I was ready to step up but at the very end before we agreed to do all of this I thought, oh I'm not well I'm not going to do the rockets I'm drawing I'm drawing the line there <laughs> I'm uh, you know I don't want this indication of status I don't want to be people think I'm above them you know I'm not going to wear the zendo you know <laughs> and uh, in the end I, I said wait you're shrinking back again you know step up 
take the whole package, say yes to everything. And then there's the Lay Zen Teachers Conference, Association Conference in New Orleans in January. No, uh, now that's where I draw the line. <laughs> I'm not do that. I have this fantasy of uh, all these teachers in Rakasu standing in a circle and they put me in the middle and they're shooting koans at me. <laughs> Is she a real Zen teacher? We'll see. You know? <laughs> In all these things, I realize I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to look foolish sometimes. I'm going to have to give up looking good all the time, <laughs> trying to look good. There's a poem that I like by Rio Khan Showing front, showing back, the falling maple leaf. You show the front. You show the back. You show everything. You show your insecurities, your frailties, your weaknesses. It's the only way to transformation and flight. Come to the edge, he said. It's too high, she said. Come to the edge, he said. I'll fall, she said. Come to the edge, he said. So she did. And he pushed. And she flew. I want to thank the Sangha for your love and support and friendship over the past five years. I'm not the only teacher here. We're all teaching each other all the time. And I want to thank Karen and Mark and Ed for being open and honest and supportive during these last few months that have been stressful. And mostly for their sense of humor, <laughs> for keeping me laughing. And I want to thank Barry for finally heaving this old gal up and over the edge of the nest while she was saying, don't push, I'm too old to fly. <laughs> I hope that we can all stay open, help each other to accept challenges, face conflict, risk, grow, and fly. And now... I take my brownie wings so that I may fly on to bigger things. <laughs>